0: Also, you had a guy named Dorito on ten forty one and I just hammered a bag of Doritos
1: because of it yesterday. Nice. What a cool fucking name to have, right? Yeah. Like the best ship in the world. Yeah. You, share, you share its name. <laughs> What is this? What is it? Do you have a thing of milk on your desk?
2: Oh, uh, that's antacid tablets. <laughs>
1: <have Yeah>. acid <laughs> tablets. On? It's a brand new day, and now I
2: feel right. It's a brand new day, and now I see the light. It's a brand new thing, brand new birds, brand new wings. think I with the church. It's a brand new day. Still got- Welcome to episode fifty-three of No Brains No Headache podcast, which we are dubbing the one-year anniversary special. So congratulations, we made it a year in the podcasting game. On the 53 Burger, we have an interview with Todd McComas. He is a comedian, a fellow podcaster. He also used to work in law enforcement, so he has a few juicy stories for us. We talk all about that. Then Matt and I get into Cleary's comments. This week, we're going to reminisce a lot about the past year and our inspirations for podcasting. And I'm hearing rumors of a Criminal of the Week and Cleary's comments crossover, so stay tuned for that. We'll then continue with our Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 8 recap of the Disney Plus series. Then we'll finish with the Olympics of fast food joints this week. Find out just how obese we are. You know what? We're a year in, so I'm not going to bore you with the details. Let's get it on. Okay let's party
0: all right we now welcome on a former indiana state police detective stand-up comedian host of guns blazing and 1041 podcast and all-around content creator todd McComas. todd thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me guys i wanted to start talking a little bit about your law enforcement career and how you went from law enforcement
1: to stand-up comedy Okay, well, it's quite a journey. I uh, did my first set ever at an open mic in Indianapolis only because I was dating a girl at the time who was uh, a cancer survivor. She had already went into remission before I started dating her, but she, she had this bucket list still from when she was first diagnosed with it. And she was always going like hiking the Grand Canyon and on these big, you know adventure type trips because they were on our bucket list and she just kept on me and on me about creating a bucket list of my own just because you never know what's gonna happen and um, so I made one and stand-up comedy was number one on the list just to, just to try it one time because I always thought you know I always listened to my dad's comedy albums when I was young I always I watched the hell out of stand-up comedy you know I during the comedy boom, in the uh, 80s and early 90s you know i was watching that hell of there was comedy on every other channel you know back then and uh, i just i couldn't get enough of it so i always thought you know that i i would be good at it because i was the funny guy at work you know i was police work is nothing but storytelling i mean you you go and you you do something cool or you do something horrible, and then you come back and, or not you do something horrible, but you experience, you know, horrible things by having to investigate it or be there. And then you debrief afterward, you sit around in a circle, and you just start telling the story. And usually, whoever was the best storyteller got the floor most of the time because <laughs> you tell the story better, and I would just always end up being – that person. So I, it was on my bucket list, but I didn't really like, I'm still, I I was like "Ah, Indianapolis. I knew nothing about the comedy scene here. I didn't know that you really could even be a comedian. If you lived here, none of that stuff. Um, I didn't know anything about what was going on here with comedy, but she did. And she knew someone through a girl, her best friend, a girl that we, we both went to high school with, that girl had a cousin who did the open mics at crackers comedy club. So she got a hold of him, asked him how you sign up. And she signed me up. I never thought I was going to have to go through with this. Right. But she signs me up. She's like, Hey, next Thursday or next Tuesday, you, you're going to show up and you, they give you three minutes. So you got to come up with uh, three minutes to talk about. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. Now I got to do this. Like I was scared to death. So, I took like four days off work to try to write three minutes of material. And then I I got the day of, I, my dad was going to go, a buddy of mine was going to go, and she was going to go with me. So I called them all, and I'm like, hey, we got to leave like three hours early. And they're like, why? And I was like, because I, I need a drink. So we go <laughs> to this bar and... And I just get shithoused. I just I'm like blacked out drunk. I went on stage. I don't even remember my performance. Like, but everybody was like, oh, it was great. We loved it. Because I had invited people from work. <laughs> I mean, I packed it out, you know. And uh, that's usually what happens your very first time. Because all oh, your friends want to see you fail, basically, is why they go. But I guess it went really well. And I didn't remember any of it. So I had to go do it a second time. And it went well. And then I just caught the bug, man. I started doing it. So over the course of the last seven years of my police career, I was, um, I progressed really quickly because I started comedy at age 38 and most people start comedy very young, like 18 or 17 where they're in high school even. And they just don't have anything to talk about yet. Or they're all talking about the same things, just observational stuff. Well, I started that way too, but I also had been, I'd been divorced twice, married and divorced twice. I, you know, I had a kid, I'd already lived a life. So I I was telling stories from my life and I was just doing better than most people uh, that started when I did. So I quickly became a a professional where I was able to make money on it. And um, I became a feature act or a middle act very quickly. And then I, Got to start headlining pretty quickly. So by the time I <clears throat> was approached, oh, and I uh, I was part owner of three comedy clubs. I kind of fell into that at one point. I had some money put back and um, who became one of the guys that became one of my best friends, Chris Bowers. He he owned Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis, which was my home club, and Uh, There was a chance they had bought a club in Louisville and then they were trying to buy a club in Dayton. So me and another guy put up all the money to buy the club in Dayton, which made us partners of all three clubs. So I was in the business, man. And I was, that was my new passion. I still loved police work, but I had done everything I ever wanted to do as a policeman. So when I got the opportunity, um, a friend of mine, Pat McAfee, Everybody familiar. knows, super famous. So he, uh, <laughs> at the time, he was just an, the best punter in the league, right? And he was a cult and he was branching out in stand-up comedy. So he came to our club once, did a show for NBC Sports that they wanted to record, and he just started coming back and hanging out on Tuesday nights. And there was a show that um, Sean Latham, who my co-host on Tim Forty or um, on uh, Guns Blazing. Um, he and he was my roommate at the time. So he, Chris Bowers and I ran, um, a Tuesday show that was like super crazy. It was, it wasn't just doing stand up; Like there was all these comedy challenges to do like the crowd would throw up a topic and then we'd each have to, while the show was going on, write a joke for that topic and perform it at the end. And then the audience would vote on who was the best joke. I would win like half the time, but um, no big then, deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. So Pat really liked Sean and I's comedy. He just started hanging out, man. We just became friends. It was the greatest summer of my life, like just hanging out with him and doing all this crazy shit, flying to places. He's so fun, and uh, when he got the chance, you know, with, to partner with Barstool Sports he approached me first and asked me if I would consider retiring and coming on board to help him, you know, get his affiliate going. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to get shot in some hood and you know, some parking lot in the hood. I'm trying out comedy central. So uh, that sounds like a better career path. So I retired like four years early, joined forces with him, and, you know, just doing radio and podcasts. And it was, it was awesome.
2: So advice to upcoming comedians go into law enforcement and then
1: get blackout drunk for your first act. <laughs> That's right. It's a perfect recipe. Whether it, it's, you know, and it's about like to me stand-up comedy is live and report. Just go out, live a life, you know, live live a, live a day, live a week, live a month, go do interesting things, get yourself into weird scenarios. And then go on stage and talk about, you know, like to me, that's, that's how I approach coming in. I think people like it better than, you know, I'm nothing against, I mean, obviously Jerry Seinfeld was one of the best who ever do it, but you know, he's just talking about airplane food and things like that, you know, or Superman or, you know, cereal. And you can do that. But when you do that, you got to be like one of the best writers and performers that exist in order to separate yourself. So my advice to all of them, whether whatever it is, just go out and do some shit where you get yourself into some situations and and then write them down. You it, know,
0: it sounds like when you had kind of the overlap of careers, were you hoping that people would do dumb shit when you were being a cop? And so you're like, Oh, this is going to carry over. Fantastic. For when I have to go oh. next Tuesday, <laughs>
1: I mean, it got to the point where like something would happen at work with my team or whatever. And they're like, that's going on in your set. Right. And yeah. I'm like, yep. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like we had a, a, you know, I ended on after uh, most of my career was undercover, but toward the end there I was uh, on this fugitive task force, you know, and we were just, just chasing down the worst of the worst and nobody else could find. And we end up in this big, pursuit, a vehicle pursuit, and we, we chase this guy down into a neighborhood and he when we round the corner, his truck's just sitting there with the doors open and he's you know he is belled on foot. So we driving up and uh, we come across him and he's just running down the street like an idiot in this edition. And we're like just right beside him and it takes him like I don't know ten seconds to figure out we're right beside him. So finally he looks over his eyes get real big and he darts between these two houses. So I'm driving and we just got this new um, this new Tahoe for my first time driving it and I pull into this driveway and go to get out real fast and something I did locked the doors after my buddy brad bells from the back seat so me and my buddy dave are in the front seat and i have locked somehow the doors and i can't figure out how to get them unlocked so brad is chasing this guy by himself between these houses and they disappear and dave's like get the door open man i'm like i don't know how i can't get it fucking unlocked well finally i i find it and we get out and then we go running and by the time we get there brad has got the guy down and he's already handcuffed but brad's got like mud all over him and he's he's sweating he obviously had to fight the guy down to the ground by himself he's like where the fuck were you guys i (laughs) "I couldn't get the doors unlocked i don't know (laughs) so they were like yeah i suppose that's going in your act and i'm like yeah well
2: you can't compromise safety with the pursuit of law enforcement so yeah So you said get yourself into some weird situations and report on it, and you said part a lot of your career was undercover. Uh, so what made you
1: so good about going undercover? I think it was me, and I got recruited for it. Not everybody does. Like I, I, they actually, the lieutenant at that time got promoted to captain. That the ran, you know, he was a lieutenant that ran the drug enforcement section for the state police, and then he got promoted to captain, and he knew. The, um, that this round of openings were, were, were coming up. So he got a hold of me, and he's like, hey, if you're interested, I, I we want you to put in for it. Kind of like, if you put in for it, it's yours. So I did, and I think the reason was just, to be honest, I had a lot of family that were in trouble all the time, like aunts, cousins, what, in, in prison, uncles. And uh, I I just... I came from a little bit of the other side of things. So I, I, you know, I could talk the talk, walk the walk, I guess as a, you know, I knew, I knew what being a white trash, you know, hillbilly that would use meth looks like. And sounds like, right. because I had a lot of family members that were that. So I just kind of fit in. And then, you know, I, I was really good at um, being creative, like an outside the box thinker as a detective. I I'd always just found creative ways to get search warrants on places and bust cases wide open where normally other detectives might be stuck and couldn't get anywhere on the case. So I had a bit of a reputation for that kind of stuff. So I think that's why I was I was good at it. And I loved acting, I guess. You know, I always wanted to be an actor and I've never be, I've never accomplished that. And I was like You know, when you find yourself, when you're doing it, it's it's the pinnacle of acting. I mean, there's some shit on the line there. Like, if they don't believe you are who you say you are, things can go really badly, right? Where it's not like, all right, cut, let's try this again, everybody, all right, start at this line you know it's not like a movie it either goes or it doesn't cut and, todd's uh, got to get blackout drunk before yeah. he does his next scene <laughs> can we all just do some shots real quick and start <laughs> over? Uh, so yeah i mean you got to be a, you got to be a good actor being funny definitely helps save your ass you know and, and distract people um so i don't know this i was a good fit for it for sure
0: and listening to your stand-up routine you definitely got yourself into some crazy situations. Uh, one, for example, was when uh, you had to, like, stay at a trailer or something. You had to stay at a trailer. A guy had to go get someone, and his wife was there. Uh, could you kind of elaborate with that story a little bit?
1: Yeah, this dude, um Chase, man, he was – that was his real name. And he <laughs> – <laughs> I don't remember his last name, but um, – I wouldn't say it anyway, but he, this dude was a kind of a goldmine. I had 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 an informant that had done a lot of cases for us. Me and this other guy kind of shared this informant and we'd done some good stuff with him. And then he ends up developing this really good uh, meth source and it was this dude, Chase. So he introduces me to Chase I'm dealing with him for a good while buying like half ounces, good amounts of meth. He is hemmed up. I mean, he's in trouble when this is all done. And when it comes time to like either arrest him or move up the ladder, you know, I, I was like, ah, I kind of want to just keep this case going. It's snowballed pretty well so far. Let's see how far we can go. So I decided to push to meet his source. So I, At the last minute when I showed up, I, I I knew he was bringing a half ounce and I said, Hey man, I got an emergency. I'm going to get, somebody's going to fuck me up. If I don't show up with a full ounce, like I need another half ounce and I need it right now. And I have the money for it, but you know, I'm in trouble if I don't get it. So he's like, let me call my guy. So boom, he lays down a call. You know, we note that so we can check his phone records to see what that number was. And then, um, he was like, all right, "I can go go get it for you, but you're gonna have to give me the money, and then I'll go get it, and then I'll bring the stuff back." And I was like, "No, I'm going with you, man." And he's like, "Well, he doesn't like to meet new people." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not giving you all this money and letting it walk because you might not come back. You go pinch off my dope and just stay tweaked out for the next two weeks." And uh, he was like, "Well." If you don't trust me, then let's do this. we will go from right from here to my house. Uh, my wife and my two small boys are there and my pit bull puppy. And you can just hold them all hostage. That way, you know, I'll come back with my stuff. And I was like, holy shit. I'm about to hold a whole family hostage. <laughs> this is awesome. So I'm like, yes, let's do it. So we go. And uh, my my team, my cover team, is hitting me up the whole way there because I'm just I'm following Chase in two separate vehicles, and they're calling me and they're like, did he just ask you to take his family hostage? I was like, yeah. And they're like, this is awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, right? So this was like I'm, and I knew like, no, I'm just causing some crazy shit to happen. You know, this was kind of my mo. So when I get there, I, she really, I mean, he has me hold him hostage. I sit in there. And I'm just holding them hostage till he gets back. And I and then it starts to occur to me at some point, I'm like, Oh shit, what if he doesn't come back? Like I do I, you know, am I gonna blow my cover if I Mr. Nice Guy and I just leave, or do am I might have to kill everybody? I don't know what i might have to do, right? Um, so um I like I was thinking maybe I could fake kill everybody. Maybe I just take the family and we, we move them somewhere and then we stage like a fake murder scene or whatever, you know, and just leave it there with fake blood and all this stuff for whenever he shows back up. But he showed back up so I didn't have to worry about anything. So uh, that dude, I, you know, I made a bit out of it, which is different. Than the story I'm telling you now, but because I had I to jazz it up a little bit for stage. But when this dude comes back, he literally walks in like almost kicks the door open. He walks in so forcefully and so hard and he has a shotgun, but it's, I can't see what it is at first. It's like got this green wool army blanket over it and pulls off. And I'm like, Oh, Holy shit. Like he, you know, now I'm dead. You know, he's going to kill me and, uh, rob me of my money. And he was like, no, 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 no. Hey, I, I wanted to see if you would buy this. So I was like, oh, damn, okay. <laughs> That's cool, because it's probably stolen, so I had extra money. I always keep extra money, because I, I, I got known as somebody who would just buy random shit also with my drug money. Mm-hmm. So you know, if a guy had a laptop laying out, I'd be like, hey, I, I need a new laptop. How much for that laptop? Mm-hmm. I'd buy it, because 90% of the time, their shit was all stolen. And then it could be tracked back to some burglary or mm-hmm. something, right? So... I, I buy this shotgun. It ends up being stolen when we run it, and then I still had extra money, so I bought this dude's pitbull puppy, like <laughs> for 150 dollars. And I come back with it, and they're like, "Now what are we going to what are we going to do with a fucking pitbull puppy, dude?" And I'm like, "I don't know. We call the shelter or something, you know." <laughs> But hey, we did we did our good deed. We got the pitbull puppy out of a meth trailer. You know that's true. You put it so, like that, <laughs> yeah. And I end up moving past him. To uh, it was a long story with him. He kept getting in trouble. But what, when the when the reveal came, we I I came to him and I was like, all right, here's our plan. We're going to do one more, like pick up from his supplier day. Right. And then when we were done, I said, I'm going to reveal who I am to him. Right. So I had extra people on my cover team in case things went bad. And my story to him was um, that I need to go get a bunch of lithium batteries that, you know, for this meth cook that I know. And uh, so we're going to go to Walmart and buy all these lithium batteries. So we stopped there first And we're in the parking lot and I went to grab my sunglasses and my truck at the time had one of those little compartments that, you know, kept your sunglasses in there. And when I pulled it down, I had forgotten I stuck my police ID up there with my badge and it falls and literally lands in his lap and he looks down at it and looks up at me and looks down at it. And looks up at me and he goes, oh, oh, I'm fucked. I am so fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. And I'm like, Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yes, you're fucked. <laughs> Just stay still, though, because some some dudes are going to pull you out of this truck in a minute. You need to be very, very still and don't freak them out. about then the door opens. And my, my guys came in. They're like, you know, I was going to reveal it later in the day anyway, but... <laughs> you know i had to now my fucking i forgot my id was up in there so he got yeah he got shook up pretty good and then we worked past him to his suppliers and it became a big case like the dea was involved it was wrapped up to this guy that had like third party ties to the cartel it was crazy
0: well i know that you were in or made an appearance on the show cops uh do you did you get like a royalty check from that or are you
1: still getting royalty checks from that (laughs) Fuck, no. They don't give you shit. <laughs> they don't give you shit. And that show, so, like, they stage, they try to stage everything. I, I have no faith in that show after this. Like, they, mine, they, because my, our, I wouldn't let him up there. Like, I, you know, my in mine, a guy had hijacked this Greyhound bus, right? And they called me to the scene as the detective, but I was already out. So, I actually got into the caravan of police cars that were stopping the bus on the interstate. And I, I saw camera people coming, and I'm like, Hey, keep, keep them back. You know, I thought, oh, how the newsies catch onto this so fast? Well, it turns out that was cops and they were riding with an Indianapolis cop here. So everything was done. Everything had to happen. Everything cool. They made entry on the bus. They got him off. I'd already gotten his statement and everybody else's statements. And, you know, he was handcuffed in the car and then the producer from cops when they finally got up there. He was like, I was like, sorry, dude, I, I didn't know you were cops, so I would let you film the whole thing. And he's like, I know, but we missed it. So, do you think you can get him out of the car and take the cuffs off and kind of do it all over again? And I'm like, <laughs> I just said, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, take the cuffs <laughs> no. off the criminal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we tried the best we could, but it, it, this guy would not cooperate. And they got, they you know, they got their clip for cops or whatever, but uh, it wasn't. Uh, nearly as juicy as it could have been. And they they, they were kind of pissed about it. I'm like, oh, well, sorry. I didn't, you know, think about the cameras around me while we were dealing with this guy that hijacked a bus with a <laughs> bunch of hostages on it
2: yeah I would' have just let you form tackle him out in the middle of an open field, and that's right a-
1: <laughs> I should have I should have just recreated it and had all the people the, the bus come on and then made took one of my troopers and had them dressed up like the bad guy, and I could have made myself look like a real hero like yep. telling all you guys stand back, I got it. <laughs> I just jumped on there and just wrestled the guy out pinning to the ground. It would have been cool <laughs> uh what would you have done in
0: this situation? It happened in Nashville. A uh, guy used his colostomy bag in a bar to fight cops. <laughs> you walk into that
1: situation, what do you do? What a bag of shit! <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, <laughs> this I don't. Uh, man, yeah, think about shooting a fella. He starts slinging his bag of shit at you. I don't know. I would definitely. He's getting tased. I would assume. Like I'm, I'm not going to try to duck and dodge a bag of shit. There's, I'm taking zero. Chance of that bag of shit hitting me, yeah, and getting getting shit on me. I I would, mm, you know, yeah. I wouldn't shoot him obviously. I might mean, if I could. I don't know, if I could shoot a toe or something. I would probably. But
2: comes to uh, a meth dealer, no problem. A bag of shit though, I'm out of there. Right, right.
1: <laughs> I'm not fucking with somebody's shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> God, there's probably uh, there's probably AIDS in there. All kinds of. Oh, shit. The, the guy's mug shot. He looked pretty greasy. Uh, yeah. I mean there's there's at least seven different viral things that could go wrong with you in that in his shit at any given moment. There's gonorrhea in there, there's uh, probably it, some probably some disease. There's probably malaria in his Oh, shit. for sure. It would probably bring back bring back the plague or something. Fun some, for some no disease one. that we thought was gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got smallpox, how'd I get smallpox? <laughs> <laughs> My guy's cost me bag.
0: In your professional opinion, did OJ do it?
1: Yes. Absolutely. That but I used to fuck with him on Twitter. He would never respond. But I used to love fucking with him. Dude, there's no doubt, right? Like come on. Like the the all because of the glove. I mean I'll give it to Johnny Cochran. He's he's awesome. Like he you know, he did his thing, he got him off, but dude there, there's no doubt about it. O.J. murdered both of them. His Ex-wife and her boyfriend, Goldman, Ron Goldman, right? And and what kills me, if you watch the NFL, like when it, they do a legend series or something, they still include OJ <laughs> hey, all he, the time.
0: He's my artwork behind me.
1: Nice, I see it. Is <laughs> it's, that he's it's, with Buffalo? Yeah. yeah,
0: it's signed by him,
1: too. Oh, I mean, that shit's worth having on your wall. Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, if John Wayne Gacy signed something I had, I would be in my office. So. Just
0: a size 36 clown shoe. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking nuts, dude. I have a friend that's a serial killer memorabilia collector. Oh, I he thought you were had...
0: going to just cut it out. I have a friend that's a serial killer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This dude has shit from everybody. He communicates with them in prison and they send him stuff. He has, his house is full of it, man. He's got shit from Charles Manson. uh, All kinds. Pogi has a painting from John Wayne Gacy uh, as that he did himself as Pogo the clown and signed it and authenticated it for him. It's nuts. But OJ, I can't believe like all the bullshit that the NFL stands up against. You know what I mean? Like all the things that they try to be PC about. And they have a dude, best case scenario, went to prison a long time for armed robbery. Worst case scenario, and very probably murdered his ex-wife and her boyfriend in cold blood. And you still are featuring him and highlight reels and referring to him as a legend i mean what the he's, fuck
0: he ran for over 2000 yards during a 14 game season i don't think you could take that away from him granted he's done about just about everything
1: to take that away from him but <laughs> i know it's just the it's just the hypocrisy of the nfl just it blows my mind you know you could say you could say the wrong thing you know and then it, it's no problem but uh, you're gone. You're gone. Like okay, if you're a punter who is really big on social media and jokes around too much, you're gonna get fined and you're gonna get chastised or you're gonna be not allowed back in the league. Hello, Marquette King. Like uh but if you murder somebody, as long as you ran for two thousand yards <laughs> in a fourteen game season, you can't go okay, you can't right?
0: go to the Hall of Fame. Actually, I don't know, he might be in the Hall of Fame. You can't he go to the is, Hall of right? Fame,
2: but yeah, they can't take this murder into consideration for his Hall of Fame ballot resume. Yeah. But a lot of interesting stuff with OJ. I love all the documentaries and TV shows about him. I also love uh, The Tiger King. Everybody loved it over this last year. Mm-hmm. You have a project going on involving The Tiger King. It's a documentary. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, man. That's um, So I got into during COVID. I just got bored. And... um couldn't go anywhere. I loved Tiger King. I had a podcast at the time where we just talked about documentaries. So I I knew that Tim Stark, who was big in Tiger King, um, lives in Southern Indiana, he lived like an hour, hour and a half South of me. So I reached out to him because to me, he was just hilarious on the docu-series. He was the one that always had his shirt off and he had the monkey around his neck at all times. So, I got a hold of him. I'm like, hey, I want to film this, like a little documentary thing, come down to your place. He was like, all right, let's do it. So we did. And, you know, it was fun to do. I know a lot more about making documentaries now. I would have done it a lot differently if I could go back and do it again. But because of that happening, once I released it, somehow this production company came across it, North South Productions. And, they hit my my manager up, my comedy manager, and because on my site, when you it says book me or whatever, you click the button and it emails him actually and you can see who he is. Well, they knew him because they made the TV show The Impractical Jokers, right? And my manager was he created the live tour for the Impractical Jokers. He's still their road manager for live shows. So they hit him and they're like, Jeff, um, you represent Todd McComas. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, you got to put us in touch with him right away. And so he hits me up and he's like, Hey, I know what's going on, but North South productions, he tells me who they are. And he's like, they, they want to talk to you. Like now, Yeah, are you available? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm available. What are you talking about? It's, <laughs> it's on the phone. So get on there and they're like, Hey, we think you have quite possibly the biggest thing like, could happen in TV right now. So we want to make a show. And I'm like, what? what are you talking about? And they're like, it's you, this former cop who, you know, cause I stumbled into the Tiger King world way before it was Tiger King. I I arrested a guy that had a private tiger zoo who was a big deal in the community. He sold Carol Baskin and her husband, she probably murdered their very first tiger. <laughs> oh. like he was, he was a, a big dude in the scene, right? So I, I, when I took him down, I learned a lot about, I knew about Carol Baskin at the time or whatever her name was, Carol Lewis at the time. And uh, he was, when I was arresting him and interviewing him, he was super nice to me. We're, we're friends now, actually. <laughs> His name is Dennis Hill. And um, he was telling me that Carol was trying to hang a murder for hire on him at the time accusing him of trying to hire someone to, to murder her. And it was a big mess for him at the time. And he's like, she just wants me to get rid of my animals. It's like everything she can do to get rid of my animals, she just comes at me all the time. Well, he was in trouble for the meth, for the meth lab. So he, um, he does some time, gets out. Well, I use him to vouch for me through Tim Stark right? That's why Tim agreed to do what he did with me. So anyway, they knew this, you know, these, these guys knew all this because of the, they watched my little documentary and they're like, we want you, this retired cop, who's now a comedian slash podcaster, um, who dealt with Tiger King before it was ever Tiger King. We want you to go around and, kind of reality show, but like going around to all the Tim Starks of the country. Cause they are everywhere. These private, uh, you know, exotic animal zoo owners were everywhere at that time. They've all fallen now. Cause Carol Baskin and PETA have just, crushed them all financially so there's very few left but at that time they were everywhere and they're like this show will be awesome I'm like I'm gonna get a tv show and they're like yeah and I'm like okay what do we do now and they're like well we, we need to have another meeting in two hours with this person and if everything goes well there then we go you know to the meeting with this person and I'm like okay so four meetings throughout the day and by the fourth meeting they were like pretty much they were like this is just a rubber stamp from our agent rep at CAA. The, the person who markets it and puts it, you know, pitches it out. And, uh, so really you have a show. I mean, this, this is just a rubber stamp thing. No problem. Like, fuck, I get a TV show. Like COVID is awesome right now. I'm thinking, right. So we go to that meeting with that agent who puts the show to market or whatever. And he fucking shuts it down in like three minutes. <laughs> show over no more TV show. I'm like, why? And he's like, yeah, just, you know, Tiger King's done, man. It's like, there's so many uh, spinoff projects going on right now. You know, there's no need to even try to compete. So this production company, we're just like done. It's all done that quickly. And I'm like, just because I'm like, how do you know that guy isn't repping someone else who has spinoff content and they just don't want to have to compete with what, we're doing it. or how do i know he's not going to take my idea and make it a show and they're like yeah it doesn't matter when if he says no we say no and i'm like fuck me but there that, that production company's cool to me though they always are like if you ever have anything to pitch us let us know and i've pitched some stuff that's still kind of quasi out there but because of that falling through then my booker my comedy manager was like well, fuck them. Let's just start a live tour. I didn't know, you know, Tiger King was this big a deal. Let's just do for Tiger King what I did for the School Jokers. Let's get the cast, recruit them. They all like you. You talk to them all right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, see if they'll do this show. And we'll just go around the country with it. And you can be the on stage moderator, ask them, you know, all these questions and dig these stories out of them on stage. And Tiger King fans will love it. And that's how it happened. So me and uh, Doug Thompson, another comedian friend of mine, um, we kind of wrote the show and Jeff does the magic that he does by putting it all together. I mean, this guy's a beast. And when he put it together initially um, all the venues were closed, right? Because of COVID. So he couldn't put it to market, so to speak. And he had dumped tons of money in this his own money and he's like man i'm just getting no interest from anyone i i don't know what's going on i'm gonna lose my ass on this and i was like well man maybe it's not tiger king people have lost interest in tiger king maybe it's just covid you know maybe when covid lets up we'll start getting offers and that's exactly what happened and now there's like 40 some shows on the books between now and january all over the world we got to go to ireland the UK, Canada, there's talks of uh, Australia. I mean, it's it's nuts.
0: I don't know if you can say, but do, who who from the cast of the documentary do you do you have?
1: Uh, oh yeah, making appearances. So we have John Ranke, the zoo manager with this, you know, with the prosthetic legs. Um, Saf, who he was the one that got his arm ripped off. Most people think he is a sh- she. He. Identifies as a he. He's a he. Seth. So got his arm ripped off, basically his hand ripped off. And um uh Josh Dial, who was the campaign manager. Oh kid he, it was really he was funny. Great. He was great. <laughs> the one that hit the vape pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's hilarious. And then um Barbara Fisher, who was the girl in the first episode that was the escapee from um Doc Antles. Oh, place. okay. Yeah she actually has a big role in season two that's coming out just a little little teaser everybody with <laughs> secret info um Tiger King 2 is coming out I think in August maybe and uh all the people I just told you are in it and I guess there's talk you know, might be a lot more doc Antle in this one so. I,
0: yeah doc Antle is one of those guys that he seemed really interesting but he terrifies the shit out of me
1: Oh, I you just destroy your life in a second. He is a cult leader, boy. Like he, he's got that magic where he just brainwashes those fools. You know, it's, it's and his nuts. name is
0: Bhagavan. Bhagavan, <laughs> what and listen, kind of name here, is that?
1: Yeah, here's a little life advice for everybody. If a guy named Bhagavan wants you to come move into his his compound of <laughs> exotic animal compound and live in a horse stable, don't do it. Oh. It's a cult. I want to get into
0: something completely different. How are your Colts going to be this year?
1: Here's the thing, I I'm going to be realistic and say it's just going to be more of the same. We're going to win just enough games to maybe you know wild card that thing, maybe even earn our way to you know, the playoffs, but can't get past the first round situation. That's what I think is going to happen. I mean. I could be wrong. It all hinges on Carson Wentz, right? Is he the real deal or is he not the real deal? Well, and funny
2: you mention him because we played T ball with Carson Wentz back in the day. So
1: Did you really?
2: Yeah, we did. I I'm not that, even that making is, that up.
1: That is wild. Did you go to the same high school?
2: No, Matt and I uh, went to the Catholic high school because we're better than everyone, and he went to the public school.
1: <laughs> I see. So what do you you guys think about Carson Wentz? Is he the real deal or is he not the real deal? I think he's lucky to get
0: out of Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and I think he'll do well with the Colts just because they have a great offensive line and they keep drafting and getting receivers. I think he'll have a lot of weapons, and I think it's a good situation for him just because he's not going to have to run for his life. But, I mean, I'd like to see him do good. I'm just not a huge Carson Wentz fan. He's a good guy to lead the prayer in the locker room before the game. If if you need someone to use their faith as a weapon, he's your guy.
1: See, this is what I'm afraid of, man. I mean, (laughs) athletically, he's a specimen, right? I give him that. Yeah, yeah. Athletically, he reminds me very much of Andrew Luck. But everybody knows it's all what's up here, and you know, in your head and what's in your heart. Does he have that killer instinct? You know, I I don't know. He's been beat to hell already in his career. And if we've learned anything about our quarterbacks, you know, as Colts fans, once they really had the hell beat out of them one time, they're never the same. And we'll see. We'll see. He talked a big game when he went on Pat's show. I I was always the the person at the office there that was, I mean, I almost made a game of it when I was on the gambling podcast, um, good, better bets. And I would, uh, I would, just constantly shit on, on Carson Wentz so I was just <laughs> oh, you fit right in with our show because we just sewer <laughs> him all day everybody when you watch all the talking head sports shows they're all all about him all the time all season He's like what are you what games are you guys watching I get it he's on a shitty team but still look, look at um, Herbert he's on a shitty ass team but he looks like a future hall of famer <laughs> I well, mean, and it's and it's tough being
0: from and living in North Dakota because man, does everyone love Carson Wentz? Oh, well, they can't get enough. It, and it's just like, guys, he's like the thirty-first best quarterback this year. Let's pe- let's peel <laughs> yeah. it back. There's
2: a bunch of Eagles fans now. It's going to be a bunch of Colts fans. I don't know what's next.
1: I mean, can you imagine? Like, we gave up a pretty good lick for him too, and. You know, I I, here's, I I was all for, let's just limp through another year. Let's let Jacoby. Do it for one more year. Let's have a hell of a draft round, you know, ne- the year after. You know, because if we keep changing things to win one more, two more games than we would without the person, you know, like Phillip Rivers maybe won us one, maybe two more games than we would have if we were with Jacoby. Big deal. Where does it get you? You know, lower in the draft. That's all it that gets you. So I was really pissed off. And now you look at the situation with Aaron Rodgers. Like, if they were just patient enough, would they have a shot at Aaron Rodgers? Aaron loves Pat. I can tell you that. He's on Pat. He's a regular yep. paid cast member of Pat's show. Aaron yeah. Rodgers Tuesdays. Yes. He would probably love to come to the Colts if given a decent offer. The AFC. And, uh, I don't know. So I'm, 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 Colts fans here. I'll just let you know, are pretty fucking happy about it. They have drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> My buddy Gorman that works for the Colts yep. is all about it, and he knows he's football. So maybe, maybe we're all wrong. You know, I, I don't know, but I know that there are people that look very, very good in practice, and then when the game hits. It's not the same. And that's what I think Carson Wentz is.
0: Well, at least you had Philip Rivers for a year. I'm sure he stimulated the economy in Indianapolis with his 14 kids. A lot
1: of groceries. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I bought my truck and uh, at the same dealership. He bought his, um, like... Probably it's a van, probably made for polygamous families. Usually, because it's it seats like such a big family. But uh, he had just been there the week before and bought that. I guess it was a big deal. They had a picture, you know, they all took with him with the thing. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that guy is gonna get us maybe a wildcard spot, and then we're done. I don't know.
2: Hey, at least he bought uh, a van from the local dealership. Okay.
1: Yeah, he bought local, that's for <laughs> sure. Can you imagine, like, so many kids, you're right, probably... He's I mean, nine. Yeah, I mean, our, I think our our, uh, our Chuck E. Cheese there was the highest-grossing uh, Chuck E. Cheese in the nation just because he <laughs> and his family alone.
0: <laughs> They're regulars. Yeah. <laughs> well, la- last question for you. I know you have a lot going on with uh, all your different podcasts and your stand-up, so where where can everyone find podcasts? all of your, uh, all your projects.
1: Everything is uh, my website, man. It's just, it's one stop shop there. Todd comedy.com T O D D comedy.com. So there's links to the, the uncaged, the untold stories of the cast of tiger King show to that site. So you can see that calendar. All my stuff with Sean Latham for guns blazing podcast is there to 1041 if you're into true crime my true crime podcast is there and um, yeah uh, all my documentary stuff is there so hopefully that grows I'm hoping that's my future if I could just do nothing but make documentaries like one or two a year I'd be a happy man because I'm not getting any younger I don't know if you guys know that or not but I can't keep telling jokes forever eventually I'm going to be 70 and people are like oh this is so sad look at this old guy talking about his dick his dick don't even work anymore What's he talking about
2: I enjoy know. your remaining years <laughs> yeah. he's got a
1: five-year plan what to not die <laughs> <laughs> well I, I can't thank you
0: enough for coming on this was this was fun yeah thanks yeah, i Todd. love
1: your guys set up there man it's yeah a great yeah. backdrop uh
0: i honestly i completely forgot to uh mention the name of our podcast and about us before we started we are no brains no headache podcast <laughs> uh nbnh podcast we're out of uh north dakota bismarck to be exact Um, carson
2: wentz's birth well not birthplace but where he grew up and went to high school
1: yeah well you guys you're you're to blame if the colts have a shitty season it's it's your town oh we like berated him in high school he'd play
0: basketball and we call him clifford the big red dog and have posters (laughs) and we tried to make him suck but we tried thanks todd
1: (laughs) yeah all right thanks guys yeah we'll
2: catch you later Thank you to Todd for joining us. That was probably our most interesting person we've had if we had to compare resumes, I would say. Pretty interesting resume with Todd, so thank you to him. Time for the uncut, no holds, Cleary's comments. We're celebrating one year of podcasting, so we're going to reminisce on that. We're also going to tie in our random things we like to banter about. Matt, why don't you go ahead and... Get it started in true Cleary's Comments fashion.
0: This was almost too good. Before we get into reminiscing, I want to talk about a real-life Zoolander that happened. So we all know in the beginning of Zoolander, when they're having a gasoline fight and a guy lights up a cigarette and it kills his three male model friends. This guy had... So there's a gas shortage in Atlanta or some shit, and... This guy had five gallons of gasoline in his Hummer and lit up a cigarette, and his Hummer just exploded.
2: Just due to all the fumes from the gasoline?
0: Was he a male model? I don't know. He was driving a Hummer, so I'm going to assume not. I'm assuming he was a huge douchebag and now dead. Well, the Zoolander situation
2: was a huge blow to the male model community back then, uh, absolutely devastating. I don't know how you could bounce back from something like that but you know they're known for their looks, not for their brains so that's why I was wondering if that guy was a male model it would make sense because um, everybody's doing it because this is America and we're fat and stupid
0: yeah I think it's just America We are dumb I mean people are filling up plastic grocery bags of gasoline and then wondering why it's spilling all over their car
2: is really doing a lot of questionable things and I guess that's what makes uh, this country so great. It's your freedom to blow up your Hamburg (laughs) if you... I guess because you want to smoke cigarettes. Oh,
0: how'd your grandpa die? Oh, funny story. He was uh, smoking a cigarette in his yellow H2 and just...
2: Yeah, that's uh, very environmentally Mm -hmm. conscious and effective. So good job. Just questionable things all around. We always used to say extremely questionable things ourselves way back in the early days of our podcasting career uh, matt and i had a show prior to no brains no headache podcast in case you were unaware and it was called blurred vision sports talk matt what's your like first gut reaction when you think of the old show bv sports talk as we called it
0: i i just thought we got way too drunk well, we kind of uh, well, do think, that now. Thinking back, like there was episodes that we would record, and then I would be so drunk that I'd yak. I didn't know that. I don't remember that, I guess. It was twice out of our 11 episodes we did. Okay. that's Those are
2: some pretty good stats you're putting up there.
0: And, yeah. I mean, it, and it had no rhyme or reason. We literally just sat down, and we talked.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. The microphone was just like one in the middle of the room. In a basement room But then again The first episode of NBNH Wasn't much better Uh, It was basically if Matt and I Were in like an empty uh, airplane hangar Just a hundred yards away from each other Just yelling at each other That's what it sounded like But you live and you learn You know we went from BV Sports Talk Which was not PC at all Said a lot of questionable stuff Uh, It would not fly Even under the radar (laughs) in today's economy especially it's,
0: it's times like these that i'm glad i'm pre-canceled and yeah. also i told you i was gonna write a poem about our podcast i got two lines and i'd like to read it to you it's about the early days of our podcast time for the poem let's hear it matt Take- episode one we were excited and dumb and drank in excess jordan stole a mexican family's panda express
2: (laughs) is that that the whole poem yes why do you have to sewer me
0: with the like (laughs) I i was gonna go into me just being a dumbass later on but i only got the two lines in well you know what i did steal
2: their panda express by accident but that was like right when the pandemic was starting and there's no way at that time you could just hand food back. Like, I had already contaminated it by touching it. Uh, It was the most logical thing to do is walk away with two gigantic bags of food. Okay, Matt?
0: We talk about a dream guest. My dream guest is Jorge, the guy you stole Panda Express from.
2: Well, I have the last four digits of his MasterCard, so (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can track him down, but... (laughs) I don't. I don't know why you got to sue me with the poem. I do like it though. You were on a roll there. Maybe you should finish it and tell it at a later episode. What? Speaking of episodes, what was your favorite episode? Do you have one? I mean, I have one. If you need a minute to think about it, but one of my favorite low key was Hanson and Larson.
0: Yeah, that was a. That
2: episode was loaded with stuff. Yeah, Chris Hanson. He does a lot of radio in Fargo with the Bison. And he just knew how to handle the interview. And it was funny, though. He did a great job for him being on the road driving back from ice fishing, which I thought was funny. And then we also had Alec Larson on. He was there to join us for a little BSing. And then we did the Olympics of school lunches. It was so funny. He just had the most interesting school lunches, and then he whipped out just, you know, the kryptonite of podcasting laughs is yo-yo dave i will never forget about yo-yo dave in the episode hanson and larson
0: i i mean i i genuinely looked in to get yo-yo dave on the podcast but after watching some of his youtube videos and and just going through some of his content it was a guy that i'm just like i never want to speak to this guy in my life
2: plus he went through his messy breakup with his wife also known as
0: (laughs) a divorce (laughs) Uh, one of my favorite from early on, I think it was even before we even got some decent equipment, was Loco, where I ended up just drinking a Four Loco during the podcast. Um, and then it was just kind of like a, we talked about Last Chance You, and it was one that I had like a genuine good memory and good time on.
2: Yeah, I think you might have to bring the uh, random booze bag of the week back. Now that the weather's starting to turn, it's starting to get really nice. You know, you come home ready to record. Maybe you fly by the old liquor store, and you you get the old booze bag back. I don't know. Dealer's choice, up to you. I did hear good things about the random booze bag of the week. Uh, This may be recency bias, but we had a little heater there with uh, Alfred Schultz and then uh, Aaron Hodges as well. We had a classic locker room guy discussion with Hodges that me and you have continued this whole time. Uh, Locker room guy may be a thing all of 2021 for all we know. I'm not sure. It's early. We'll see what happens with locker room guy sensation. But since we're on the the topic, let's discuss the true value of a locker room guy (laughs) really quick. Tim Tebow is invaluable to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are now just, like, the top college program in the country. They just so happen to be in the NFL, and they get paid now. Urban Meyer just got done coaching. Well, his last coaching gig was in college. He didn't just get done coaching. We all know that. Urban Meyer's a piece of shit. Well, I don't My point is he's college through and through, their new starting quarterback, number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, college through and through. Both their running backs, James Robinson, he's only been in the the league for one year. So they're like a college team. (laughs) Tim Tebow, he was an analyst for the SEC Network. I mean, I know he played in the pros nine years ago baseball stint in between. I don't really know Most what Most recently
0: played for the Amarillo sod poodles.
2: But I'm just saying the Jaguars are just gonna be like a college program and Tim Tebow is like he's gonna be like the college counselor. Or he's gonna be like the camp counselor. You know, he's like the the camp organizer, the people in charge. You know, they they just make the counselors go do all the dirty work and supervise all the dumb shit kids. That's what Tim Tebow is in Jacksonville for. There's a few other situations that we've talked about with the locker room guy, Taysom Hill, with the New Orleans Saints. This goes back to my Aaron Hodges reference earlier. He's a huge Taysom Hill guy. In that interview, we talked about it. It's worth every penny if he's a solid locker room guy who inspires his teammates to go out there. I think they still need to try him out at right guard if the line isn't blocking very well, and that'll... It'll inspire guys twice his size to you know, move their ass a little bit and clean up their blocks. I don't know. Locker room guy. Third and final locker room guy. We talked about it with Todd. Carson Wentz. You're going to get a solid prayer. The worst thing you can do is get a guy who's going to lead prayer and not know what to say or stumble on his words. If Carson Wentz doesn't know what to say in pregame prayer for the Colts in the 2021 season season, He is a fraud. And that is my discussion on Locker Room Guys.
0: Uh, One thing I wanted to note, I thought when you were going, I was like, you're like, what do you want to see out of a locker room guy? I was like, guy that brings snacks. He should do that too. (laughs) It's more, it's intangible. So, you know, it's mental beneficial stuff. It's all positivity, man. The guy that can run one on the ping pong table.
2: Yeah, like, you know, in uh, Moneyball, completely different sport, but Moneyball, they have to pay for their sodas. I mean, this was years ago. You can't have that in the locker room. You shouldn't have soda. First of all, absolutely terrible. Superfoods, we learned it in the Mighty Ducks. And, yeah, I'm not going to rant anymore on Locker Room Guy. It's over. It's done. Moving on. You got the great reviews on the booze bag. Bring it back. We need to bring back Criminal of the Week. So why don't we just get right
0: into it? Did you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah. So my criminal of the week, and this is Titans. So Titans are just, so the Colts used to draft people that ended up dying. The Titans are drafting people that ended up getting arrested. Well, of course. Well, they had Isaiah Wilson last year, first round pick. His rap career, if you want a good laugh, go look up Isaiah Wilson's rap. It is comically terrible. But Rashad Weaver was drafted in the fourth round the next day, was arrested for aggravated assault. And this is one of those things where I say I don't get the law because he is pleading not guilty after being seen and separated from a girl and saying, and I quote... I would have no problem hitting a female if they needed it.
2: Yikes. Uh, That's a a tough quote right there.
0: (laughs) And then his lawyer goes on to say, yeah, these are the allegations against my client are completely false and reckless. No, what's reckless is just saying that you'd openly hit someone and then her getting hit.
2: I love the word alleged in allegations. Uh, I'm thinking gators every time, but I just think it's a funny word, especially right when news stories come out, they're always like, this person allegedly did this, but the whole story in the entire description of what happened like, clearly points to that they did it. I mean, innocent until proven guilty but it's just funny they i was like this person allegedly did that it's like really i, I just read 3 paragraphs that make it pretty clear yeah, that yeah there, there's did a that.
0: video of him driving a car <laughs> into a crowd of people yeah <laughs> or the classic one that i think of was when kobe died rip there were so many people that wanted to get the scoop right away so they were just reporting stuff so like at times there was like kobe's entire family died in the in uh kobe wasn't aboard um, and then it was like, the 2002 Lakers went down with Kobe. Everyone's dead. And then it's like, guys, let let like the news come out. Don't just speculate and huck shit in mm. the wall. Nope, that's
2: not the modern age of media and news reporting. If you're not on top of it immediately, you might as well just quit your job. And if you don't know actually what happened, just throw something random out there. If it's even mildly correct... You may get a little bit of credit, fool a couple people, uh, but it's weird when it's a helicopter crash. You might want to look into the facts of that one. I'm going to throw out a criminal of the week here, then we'll get into another Cleary's comment from Matt. Spice it up a bit. We're going uncut today, episode 53, one-year anniversary, NBNH podcast, criminal of the week, some Arkansas guy. This did happen two years ago. I will admit, a little dated. Oh, thank you. A little dated, but happened two years ago. He got sentenced a year ago. Uh, still feeling the effects. So basically, after a night of drinking, these two Arkansas dudes, uh, these men, they decided to test the
0: durability
2: of a bulletproof vest. Right. I once I saw this story, I was like, I have to share this story. Are, are
0: they? they're not sports related, like Arkansas football players or anything like that? No, just, oh, okay. just
2: dumb criminals. This is like a classic, I found it. I love, it, on I love the, it. I love it. Like the classic, uh, like radio website. Just yeah, the stupid, I am locked uh, in right now. This uh, stupid, uh, like criminal story they just tell on the terrible radio stations down in Arkansas, apparently. Yeah, testing out the old durability of the bulletproof vest. What better way than. To shoot each other. (laughs) One guy was 50 and the other was like 36. Weird that just the 14, I don't know. They ended up in the hospital. They told uh, the cops that were questioning them that they were like, you know, on some mission to like do some other shit to like cover up. And that quickly got dissolved as, uh, that was a lie. Because one of the wives of this of one of these morons, we can call them. I think that's appropriate. I don't think morons is off the list of inappropriate words yet. Is it?
0: No. Is uh, what it, Would you call them arkansas I
2: don't know. Every time I read Arkansas, I think of applesauce or Kansas. Yeah. I, I, a lot of word association lately. I've been reading a lot lately, which is just my brain is just kind of absorbing it all and spitting it all back out. Let's... <laughs> Let's stay on track here. Cleary's comments, random banter. Uh, They get to the hospital. The cops are like, you guys are fucking lying. They ask one of the wives of these two morons. She's like, no, these two were hammered drunk on the back patio. (laughs) And, yeah, one thing led to another, the liquid confidence. Apparently, one guy shot the other, and he was like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) uh just hit the bulletproof vest and it did work thank god because they are both still alive they just had basically welts giant welts from where it hit but yeah the one guy was like what the fuck and so he shot him like four times like (laughs) yeah i was gonna gonna say like who
0: who shot who first because it's like oh i got shot be like okay that looked like it hurt so you could shoot me now
2: no they they uh retaliated in anger because he was like okay, dude, not cool. I mean, you see it in movies sometimes. It's really funny, this situation. I mean, like I get the drinks. I'll never say there's anything wrong with having a couple of drinks, but let's just leave the bulletproof vest out of it. Uh, Why do you have a bulletproof vest? For protection? Sure, but let's not test it out by shooting each other. I mean, that's the dumbest thing you could do why would you do that
0: this reminds me of of a story that so i was watching this david blaine documentary and he was doing this thing where he catches a bullet in like a steel shot glass in his mouth but they had it like set up so there was like no probability for air like so staged it was like it was done by a machine but it It wasn't real it still took balls to do because he like sat there and they shot it balls but that we need balls (laughs) But the the trick came from, they're like, yeah, so it originated in Africa. This guy was doing a show at a local bar in Nigeria, and he put a shot glass with a mouth guard in his mouth and grabbed someone from the crowd and gave him a pistol and told him to go 10 feet away and shoot him in the shot glass. And the guy just shot him in the head and ran away. Yeah,
2: well, that's what happens. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I heard that one time. I'm pretty sure that's what the saying is. Uh, These guys' prize was uh, charged with felony aggravated assault. On each other? (laughs) Yeah, on each other. (laughs) And then uh, I read another follow-up story later that said, you know, last year the one dude was sentenced to, like, five years of, you know, probation or whatever. So that's what, you know, drinking, getting drunk, and then taking it a little too far and testing out bulletproof vests with guns that's what
0: you know that's what it'll get you i i i kind of miffed at that whole story but i want to get into something that i was a giant fan of as a kid and it was the game legends of the hidden temple on uh, it was kind of like guts or like early nickelodeon Uh, kids would win like a weekend stay at a Connecticut ranch or like some really shitty prizes, but they couldn't afford it because of the taxes. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it was like, and it was the blue barracudas, the silver snakes, the orange monkeys, the red jaguars. Of course, and they're bringing it back as an adult game. And I literally had this idea. I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but I've definitely told my family about it. Like, they need to do this, but they get the adults to come sit in a room they each draw like a random drug out of a bag okay
2: i'm listening they take
0: it they take a half hour let the drug take effect and then they start the game where they're dodging all of the uh so they it's like mini games and stuff it's kind of like the floor is lava yeah it's like
2: blue mountain state meets the floor is lava yeah
0: and it's it would be absolutely hilarious there's so they do what's called like the temple run, where you're running through like this maze, which is basically like a Snooper's Tons of Fun or a shitty playground, and <laughs> you get like grabbed by temple guards, and like the kids just like go away. You're like, okay, that kid's dead. And then they yeah. spice it up, and there's a chance of yeah. death. Yeah, imagine some guy on like speed, just or cocaine, or there's a guy that's just high as shit. Aren't they doing castings
2: for, like, a new season of, like, The Floor is Lava? I don't think it's the same thing, but aren't they doing another season of that? Yeah. Uh,
0: I can't. Is that where your inspiration came from? No, it was the fact that they're bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple with adults, but I think it's going to suck. And then you throw a little Blue Mountain
2: State, uh, you know, drug roulette in there,
0: see what you get, and take it. And it's, like, the only two places crazy enough to do it, North Korea and West Virginia. Send them one of those two places.
2: I mean, I'm all in. It would be entertaining. Just sign some waivers. Maybe go to a country where you can just kind of, like, do whatever drugs you want, I guess. Portland. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you go from there. You see what happens. I don't know. Maybe they'll get good reviews. Maybe not. I don't know. What did get some decent reviews? We got some No Brains, No Headache podcast. Reviews to share with our listeners. Celebrating one year here, people. How many times have I said it? Matt, take a drink of your beer for me. Thank you. Drinking the bushlight, the best beer in the land. Let's get some reviews. You go to Apple Podcasts. Type in No Brains, No Headache podcast. You scroll to the bottom, and then you can leave a review. We read one a while back, DJs bell. She basically said... Uh, we're triggering, but in a good way, five stars. Boom. Great show. These guys are different, but will keep you listening week after week. Boom. Better every week, says Bill. These two are a laugh a minute and getting better every week. High class guests in a great format. Boom. Thank you for the review. Big fan of their work. Good guess, funny content, CB2013. Thank you for the review. Great show. These two consistently bring the one-liners and the laughs. Wow, that is, you know, that's, that's emotional right there. This one's great, Matt. You're going to love this one. Pod's fantastic. Jordan is the captain of this shipwreck. And Matt's the hopeful idiot, so thank you for being my co-captain. It sounds like this person is insinuating we don't know what we're doing. And uh, let's keep in mind, you're listening to a show titled... No Brains, No Headache. I mean, when we decided on the name, that's basically an insurance policy.
0: All we want to do is have you shut your brain off for an hour and a half every week and listen to some losers... That are cool. Talk about stuff. NBNH is hilariously funny.
2: The hosts provide hilarious insight on the happenings of the day in sports and pop culture. And have found great guests to add to their content. Like and subscribe. Wow, that person uh, very grammatically sound. This one is very specific. These guys sure know how to keep things entertaining. One host who, despite his age, must use the restroom every 30 minutes. (laughs) I wonder who that is. (laughs) He's he's accompanied by his co-host, who seems to have somehow lost control over what leaves his mouth. (laughs) Listening to them chat with interesting guests each week, while also drinking beers, Matt, drink the beer, please, to exacerbate their... Aforementioned issues, a lot of big words. Yeah,
0: oh, someone used the th- yeah. The source. Whip,
2: whip out the old dictionary for that one. Thank you for the review. Uh, super funny, easy listener, easy to listen to. Uh, enjoy the variety of random comments throughout the podcast. The best is the Olympics. I mean, I'm a big fan of Olympics. So, thank you to everyone for leaving us a review. Like I said, go to Apple Podcast. You have to type it in. Scroll to the bottom. I know it's a hassle and a half to make it a real bitch these days to leave a review, but we'd really appreciate it. And it's your chance to let us know what you like and don't like Matt. You listen to podcasts all the time. What are some tips and tricks
0: that you do? Like when listening to podcasts that some people might not know, I don't skip ads is one of my main things that I do that other people do is I listen to ads because a lot of time in ad reads, First off, you get tips on great products. I mean, I've bought stuff off podcasts before. And the random like snippets you can get from people during ad reads are fantastic. Is yeah. one of the main things that I do that I see that other people don't.
2: When you just roll with it, go and fire off an ad read. Sometimes it's some of the best content available. And you're right. I have bought stuff uh, from podcasts before just by listening. Get a little discount. It's awesome. So some things I do, I have the times of each segment of the show, like in the description. I'm not sure if you knew that, Matt. So if you want to skip to certain parts of the show, if you're listening on Spotify, you just have to click on it. It'll take you right there. Apple Podcasts, other formats. It says it, so just, you know, go to your favorite parts. You like interviews, you like Cleary's comments, you like Olympics, skip to your favorite part. It's easy, and that's why I have it there for you. Uh, We also have our guests and sponsors information on finding them in our description. So if you want to follow them on social media or buy a Kong beer bong or something like that, I'll always have that information available for you. Hopefully we'll have solid audio from now on. Matt put his microphone on the right way, I think, is it? Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's
0: It's the little things.
2: Yeah, and... From the interview to the other parts of the show, after a few tutorials by yours truly, uh, the audio should be pretty pretty solid from now on and consistent throughout the entire show, so thank you for your patience. And finally, following us on social media, it allows you to stay informed on what we have going on and all of our extra content. So follow us, social media, at MBNH Podcast. You can't go wrong at all.
0: I want to talk about celebrity boxing matches. And I know that the Paul brothers have been big into it. And the one I really want to talk about is, I don't really give a shit about the other ones, but the one that's coming up, Aaron Carter versus Lamar <laughs> Odom. I want candy
2: versus... i Lamar Odom is going to murder Aaron Carter. This is Aaron Carter, I want candy? Yeah. And Lamar Odom did drugs which are referred to as candies. So. he did
0: a lot of the nose candies
2: yeah there you go nice nice name drop and then he went brain dead remember yeah
0: he was found in a brothel dead they brought him back do you think he remembers no he doesn't remember like four years consistently straight of his life And didn't also Aaron Carter just have a pretty rough patch himself, or am I mistaken? Yeah, he, like, sued his brother. He looks like he's just strung out on every drug, and then it showed him boxing, and it looks like... Is he he, a maniac? No, it looks like he has no idea what he's doing. Okay, that's what I was about to say. And he does, like, these hype videos where he's like, put Fort Minor on, I'm gonna tear this bitch up. And he's like, not great. And anyone that's not a professional boxer that gets into a ring, everything goes out the window. You can't, it's, you don't get it. It has to become repetition. And Lamar Odom just being, I don't know, a good 11 inches taller than well, Aaron Carter. What about the brain damage, though? I mean, it's a pretty even match. I doubt Aaron Carter can even hit Lamar Odom's face. Well, here's my thought
2: is. Just hit them right in the bean bag a bunch of times. Is this just like the modern way for uh, C-list celebrities to make money now? Like, the Paul brothers, like him or hate them, they're rich as shit, very successful. Uh, you know, they work pretty hard. You got to admit, they're pretty hard workers, probably. probably a lot harder than you and I. <laughs> we have to take antacid tablets to get through the podcast, apparently. <laughs> yeah, speaking of those, I'm going to grab some after this. <laughs> But like him or hate him, they're successful. Then you have the Lamar Odom, Aaron Carter, let's call it the candy battle, <laughs> battle of the candy. And you you it, know what? Like, want
0: candy, aka drugs. And they bring in like Snoop Dogg. The Jake Paul Ben Askren was such a. I mean, I didn't even get it, but I've heard nothing but bad things. Snoop Dogg was just trying to promote his tequila the entire time. That was
2: the best promotion Snoop Dogg's ever done. They're just like, hey, man just like smoke weed everywhere and just be Snoop Dogg, like be you. He's like, all right, I'll do that. Easy, <laughs> done, give me some weed. And he did it. And then we have <laughs> Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter, and they're just a guy shooting up air <laughs> <Aaron. laughs> They're going to have like DMX's corpse announcing. Uh, what were the, the Coreys? Remember how the Coreys used to be famous back in like the 80s? Corey Feldman and the other Corey. Uh, huge drug problems. That's who's gonna be like the
0: Snoop dog. Yeah, like who do you, who do you want to see? Like some celebrities that kind of fallen off the radar and yeah, fight. Like I like, want like, like give me Macaulay Steve. Culkin. Oh, he just had a kid with
2: London Tipton. And now it's time to do illicit drugs on camera backstage while you MC an amateur C list celebrity boxing event. Okay, hey, I don't make the rules. Okay, it's Hollywood. You take the gigs as you can get them, whether you're brain dead from all the drugs you did in strip clubs or your vocal cords don't work because you
0: sang I Want Candy and huffed a lot of glue at one point. <laughs> I don't know. Instead of like those big-time L.A. high schools, like they have their 10-year reunion or their 20-year reunion, mm-hmm. they should just have like, oh, uh, we got like 10 actors dc list celebrities coming back Let's see which one of them wants to fight and just have that for the entertainment
2: yeah see they have their 15 year reunions it's every week at aa <laughs> boom roasted rafi bomb oh, rafi bomb matt we went to the bismarck bucks indoor football team game uh, about two weeks ago now i went again this last week uh drastically more sober and I tell you what, it was a lot better. What were what were
0: your reaction to like the first week we went? I thought it was pretty decent football for what it was, but I no, mean No, you didn't. It's still just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a lie. Shit. She hated it. Well, see, the, the this was the most classic Jordan and Matt thing of all time. So, yeah. we start off at my house, drink a couple beers, go to the bar, drink a couple more beers. Then we go to the game, drink beers. a couple more beers. We had to go to the bar for halftime and never leave the bar again. Yeah. We, Game's over. We head back to the bar. It was it was a mess from the
2: beginning and we did it all wrong. That game did suck though. They only scored uh eighteen points in an indoor football league game where the field is fifty yards. Like you you have a chance for a field goal every possession. <laughs> and somehow you only scored eighteen points. This time the Bucks won. It was like it was over 100 points scored between the two teams. This They won like 58-46 or something like that. Uh, the, the crowd is juiced up. But one thing I loved and I noticed, I was getting tired. It was, you know, third quarter, second half. I'm yawning because it's fucking indoor football. <laughs> and like I said, I, I went sober this time. Pretty interesting uh, wild card play. You never know what's going to happen when you leave the drinks at home. Had a couple power raids, though. Third quarter ends, and the backup quarterback is the first person to run onto the field with his hand up in a four, signifying it was the fourth quarter. He made it more known that it was the fourth quarter than the chain gang does when it's fourth down. Like, this guy was on the field before, like, I think the third quarter actually ended. And I just love football guy <laughs> Every team has one it's always the backup quarterback who like is the first person jogging onto the field holding up their hand signifying Lot- locker the
0: room guy you know that guy's getting everyone jazzed yes, and this he's is fourth not quarter have a guy. chance of playing a wink
2: but no he's not locker room guy cuz he's he's not a true team leader he's he's a team guy who will do anything for the team not talented enough unfortunately and then he's the backup quarterback guy, so he has to get the action. Boom, end of the third quarter, I'm getting on the field, fourth quarter. Funny thing about this quarterback, though, it was actually the starter who got benched because he did the classic throw the ball and your hand goes forward, but the ball goes nowhere. It just, the gravity takes over, it just drops to the ground and also went like o for one with a pick. The, the guy that was a pick like six, Jameis Winston. <laughs> no, no, he got benched. <laughs> and then the, the, the other guy came in. Jameis Winston came in to replace him. Led the Bucks to a
0: nice. thrilling victory. So they they have the the chain gangs and it's like a hockey room or hockey boards. Yeah. With do, the do you remember when the chain got stuck on it and they had to stop the game?
2: Yeah, one thing I will say from last week when we went to this more recent week when I went, uh, the refs were a lot better, and it seemed like the players like had a clue what the fuck they were doing because I bet a lot of them played 11-man, 100-yard football, and they're trying to get used to 8-man, 50-yard indoor football. So it was a lot better. So maybe we'll have to give it a chance, but that's our Bismarck Bucks update so far. I mean... That's our NFL team, Matt. <laughs> I got Bucks
0: fever. <laughs> How many times did you say that the Sober? second time
2: you went? <laughs> I think maybe once. So, oh. if there's any correlation in drinks and times I say Bucks fever, it's it's usually about one drink, one time I say I got Bucks you fever because last 12. time I said it about 13 times. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a good time. We'll have to check it. And we're going to have a TikTok up soon of the bucks fever. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> Let's get into our summer plans for the podcast before we wrap this puppy up. Uh, it's summer 2021. And what you can do is check out our guide to North Dakota summer. It's our blog, Twitter, Instagram. It'll be available. We'll post it often because there are several events going on throughout North Dakota this summer we got Ribfest out in Fargo. Then we got some close to home. We got McQuaid's charity softball tournament. Matt and I will be there. We'll be introducing the Kong Beer Bong, doing interviews, mingling with the crowd. Fast forward a little bit past the 4th of July. The week after, Country Fest out in New Salem. Matt and I are gonna go check it out and see what it's all about. Probably bring the Kong Beer Bongs and a couple other things as well. Then, <laughs> then, Matt, get out of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Dak Jam Fest. We had them on in a prior episode. I enjoyed that episode mainly because we just had four people on, and it's a, you know the more the merrier come when it comes to
0: podcasting. We'll have to yeah, we'll get them on again too, and, and-
2: absolutely up in Minot, Dak Jam Fest, eighties, nineties, two thousands. It's all about that nostalgia a music and arts festival and in between I might sneak off to the home run derby down in Denver TBD TBD determined as they say and we'll fire it up we'll see how it goes stick with us no brains nomadic podcast what am I talking about Matt why do I keep what, what am I doing with my hands
0: I'm going to the horse races in Omaha in like
2: two weeks yeah Matt what are your summer plans why don't you jump in? What am I doing with my hands? I don't know. I'm sweating a lot. Quack! Quack!
0: Quack! 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 Quack!
2: And we're back with The Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 8. We've been talking about the Disney Plus series for a while now. We're deep into this season. And this episode, there's kind of a scattered start. I have no idea what's going on. I thought it was a dream of Nick's, but... The DBs, they beat the Bears. We confirmed the team name they beat was the Bears. 5-4 on a classic buzzer beater by Nick the Stick, and they're on a heater going into it. They find out the goalie hasn't changed his lucky socks in a while, so the team's starting to get a little superstitious.
0: Yeah, this episode was just jam-packed. A lot going on at the beginning of it. Um, I I love how they really jumped on board with the let's not change our socks, which if you know anything about hockey is absolutely the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Yeah, a hockey locker
2: rooms, they just have a general smell to them because that's just how it works. Oh, yeah, we find out a bunch of stuff. Nick the stick, uh, he's trying to get with the ladies. The Canadian kid, he's upset he sucks at hockey. They're having this... Sock debate. Do we wash them? Do we change them? Do we not? And then we kind of get to a funny scene. Evan's mom, there's like a hierarchy at her law firm, and she starts on her heater herself. So the the DBs are on a heater. Evan's mom, coach of the DBs, and
0: super mom is what she's starting to become. She's starting her heater as well. It's a classic uh, situation where... In D2 Mighty Ducks Bombay dresses like Iceland's coached. That's kind of what Evan's mom is doing now. Yeah, he starts getting all of his endorsement deals, hanging
2: out with celebrities, acting like he's too good. And that's exactly right. That's what Evan's mom does. And cue the montage scene. Evan's mom starts dominating. She's doing TV interviews, uh, just killing it in her personal life, as well as coaching the DBs because they're dominating on the ice, as we find out, they're trying to win their final six games to make it to states. And the montage doesn't, it's a long montage scene. States is plural, by the way. Uh, I thought that was interesting. A uh, quick point of order here I say we change their team name to
0: the Magic Sox after this whole sock debate. It, it would, I mean, I do, I, I'm pretty convinced I liked the DBs the shortened version of it, but the don't bothers is the worst name in cinematic and television history.
2: All right. What are we going with? Magic socks or DBs? DBs. Okay. We're sticking with DBs. That was a terrible idea. Jordan. Why did you say that? Um, <laughs> But yeah, they make it because the magic is actually there. They beat the Hawks. They beat the Cardinals or whoever the hell they play. It's all done at the Ice Palace. They're getting it done, and they finally come back around, and they battle all their demons. They decide to finally take these socks off. The Canadian works on his game. Uh, Nick the Stick is still working on the ladies, but he's trying. What about the Canadian and how he finds out his true talent? What's that
0: about? Uh, Logan LaRue finds his true talent by flipping pancakes in the... Lobby of the Ice Palace because he's making Coach Bombay pancakes because we're supposed to pretend that that's not very weird. Yeah,
2: this guy's just a chef firing up pancakes at the Ice Palace. I don't think so. Bombay gets a wild idea. He sees this kid flipping pancakes, tells him to meet him on the ice, and then they tap or they tape the spatula to the end of the hockey stick, and that's just highly illegal. Matt, we talked about it. Bombay won't stop at anything to win. He illegally recruited players back in the day. Now he's strapping illegal and dangerous devices to the end of hockey sticks.
0: It's basically a battle axe that you turned your hockey stick into.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll admit they take it off before the game, and he like figures out how to juggle a hockey puck on the end of his stick, and he does the classic Michigan goal. Is that what you call it? Yeah. The the wrap around, pick the puck up on the end of your stick, and toss it in the top of the net. That's how he does it. And like I said, they win out, out all their games. They win their final game with that awesome goal by the Canadian, and they're headed to states. But it's not all roses. Evan's mom loses her marbles, and her job is on the hot seat. Is what we find out at the end of that
0: episode. Yeah, Evan's mom being the most hateable character in the show. And is really kind of owning that, this episode, by just double down and being hated even more. Classic sneak
2: peek of episode 9. We find out the kids and the players of the hockey teams, they're starting romantic relationships while the parents are getting divorced. So it should be a juicy one as they head to states.
0: Quack, 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 quack quack ask me about my winner
2: we got the olympics of fast food joints this week the no brains no headache podcast game we play the olympics how it works is we choose a category such as fast food joints then we rank them in our favorites we start with a disqualified that's optional something you don't like then we rank them from lost in the metal round bronze silver gold As always, the Olympics is open for interpretation. It's all about personal preference, so please don't judge us, but also judge us. Matt,
0: how did you approach this Olympics before we get into it? It was hard. I I was doing it off the top of my head, and I had my list, and then I went and looked up a list on Wikipedia of fast food restaurants. General fast food. And I changed nearly my entire list. There's a lot out there. It is
2: America. We are fat, so there's a lot of options. I personally, I went with the true fast food places that have the classic drive-through, the combo meals, you know, whether it's french fries or some for- form of potato on the side. And then I went with ones that have, you know, they've been around for a while and they've made a reputation in American pop culture that, you know, people enjoy and they know about. So, I know there's a lot more like modern fast food, a lot more like classier fast food if you will upscale uh i did not really focus on that mine was just classics matt disqualifieds are optional do you have one yes long john silvers excellent disqualified <laughs> honestly not even on the radar the only thing good thing about them was like the crunchies in their uh they're like deep fried crunchies
0: yeah but yeah but everything tasted like fish because yeah. they would just use the same oil You're exactly right. That's personal. You know that you've been there
2: yourself. My disqualified, I've never actually been there because people say it's terrible. Jack in the box? We don't have any around here, but they like try to sell hot dogs and tacos and just random shit. And I heard it's just terrible. Very low quality. They're always located in very sketchy neighborhoods. Jack in the
0: box, disqualified. Do you have any more DQs? I don't like Panera Bread. I think it's really bland. I don't even consider it fast food, but...
2: I didn't really consider that one fast food. I know they have a drive-thru, and, you know, you can get your menu items with a side and a drink, but Panera Bread, eh, it's whatever. Lost in the metal round. Let's get right into
0: it, Matt. You go ahead. This would be a lot higher on my list, but my lost in the metal round is going to be in and out. Okay, I love in and out I've only had it twice, though, so it would be higher, but I just don't have a good sample size on it. That's fair. That's very fair. But it's a, the best fast food burger I've had.
2: Nice, that's a good start to the list. We'll work our way in ascending order all the way up to gold. My lost in the meta round, it's got to be McDonald's. Getting it started right. The golden arches are the only gold McDonald's will have as they are my lost in the middle round. It screams America, and I'm willing to bet you, Matt, that you, myself, and our listeners alike have all had what I like to call Hung Donalds, or when traveling, my newly coined term, a uh, desperation meal, when you're in a tight spot and you swing through McDonald's because they're literally everywhere. And, I mean, overall, you
0: have a pretty pleasant experience fun story for our listeners there was one time i dropped jordan off at his car downtown and we were both hungover. and i head to mcdonald's and by the time i get there jordan's car is already in front of me in the line
2: yeah i leapfrogged you in the mcdonald's line rolls, i know what i want
0: rolls down his window and i'm like oh he's gonna wave and just middle finger comes out the window
2: <laughs> yeah i had to get a couple of mcdoubles to cure the hangover But, I mean, if you're extra fat, you simultaneously watched Morgan Spurlock's film Super Size Me whilst eating McDonald's. We've all been there. Um, My complaint is there's nothing big about the Big Mac anymore, so it's not. it could be higher on my list. But, you know, there's sellouts that contributed to the lower status on my list. Um, Just a few stats, though. As of May 9th, 2021, according to their website... There are 13,443 locations in the United States. California has 1,225 of those, which is about 9%. So congrats, California. (laughs) Uh, In November 2009 article by worldatlas.com, they estimated 38,889 stores across 120 countries with about 68 million people served daily. So that's just to give you some perspective on the conglomerate that is McDonald's. So that's why they deserve to be on my list. But as time goes on, I just think it gets worse in quality. So not metal worthy, in my opinion. Let's get on to the metal rounds. My
0: bronze medal is going to be Culver's. Okay. I love Culver's. Burgers are pretty good, but their chicken strips are what sets them apart And their Custer is out of this world. Did you just say Custer? Is it Custard? It's Custard.
2: (laughs) General Custer. I've started Culver's back in 1884 before he died. I've heard it both ways. (laughs) I like Culver's, solid pick. The Uh, Battle
0: of Little Bighorn.
2: the, uh, (laughs) The Battle of Little Bighorn Burger. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they come on to something.
2: Yeah. Where the, you just
0: put a bunch of ice cream on a burger.
2: No, I love Culver's. The Butterburgers are great. Uh, we most recently got one over in Mandan. I think there's one coming to Bismarck. Yep. Uh, there's also one up in Grand Forks. so I had the pleasure of having that as an option in college, but wisely chose not to most of the time, mainly because it was on the opposite side of town. My bronze medal is Raising Cane's Chicken and Mentals. Raising canes will take care of both. I had to have you know, some chicken on the list here. Uh, we don't have a location here in North Dakota per se, but they're scattered all over the United States. Um, they, don't, they don't just give you some deep-fried chicken tenders and, with some fries and call it good, all right? You get some great chicken tenders, cane signature sauce, and they fly under the radar with some crinkle-cut fries that actually they don't suck. They're really good. Ah, uh, they take it to the next level though, and that's why they're my bronze with some coleslaw. I mean, that's hit or miss, but the best part in this meal, Texas toast. Mm, you get I, you get I Texas toast on top of everything else. So,
0: love yeah, Texas toast.
2: Yeah, if you're not full after one of these meals, you may want to consider gastric bypass surgery. Um, I've you know, like I said, I had to have some sort of chicken on the podium, so. I know there's other options, but
0: Raisin Cane's with the bronze. My silver medal, and this is going to be a little controversial, is Arby's. I love Arby's. Their roast beef sandwiches hit me in the feels. They are so good. Dunk them in a little barbecue sauce. And they have the best fast food fry, in my humble opinion, with their curly fries. They are the best. Yeah. Plus, they get
2: some free advertising on ho- Pornhub. So that's cool, too. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Anything else
0: about Arby's? Nah, Your short, silver selection. Short and sweet. I love Arby's. Yeah. Definitely getting some this week. I, I, was, know, Ar- I got some last week. Uh, Arby's kind of scares me.
2: Like, yeah, the curly fries may be the best part. I don't know. that That is controversial. I'm not going to compliment your silver pick at all. My silver pick is Big Boy. Now, this is huge in Bismarck, and for the longest time, I thought Big Boy was exclusive to Bismarck. You know, like what Blockbuster was to Bend Oregon is what I thought Big Boy was to Bismarck. I just thought, like, there was only one left, and we had it. No, there are a bunch of big boys in Michigan, as well as some scattered in Ohio, Nevada, California. Then you have the Lone Ranger here in Bismarck, North Dakota. So I was definitely wrong about the exclusivity. You can't go wrong with a pizza burger flying style. Then hot and tot or purple cow to wash it down as the fries and gravy clog your arteries. It's great. I've also heard really good reviews about uh, the chicken tenders. Have you heard that? Or have you had chicken tenders
0: at yeah, Big Boy? Yeah, let me, let me jump in because my gold medal is Big Boy. Okay, and, my silver Big Boy, Matt's gold Big Boy. And I, their chicken is actually KFC's recipe. A lot of people don't know that, and I so love... So they're frauds. Never yeah, mind. I, no lo- I love their chicken. But like you said, give me a hot and tot two pizza burger flying style i will burn the shit out of my mouth biting into that the first time
2: oh for sure
0: and then yeah their fries are nothing to write home about because they're pretty soggy most of the time yeah they're very terrible soggy fries but the gravy that is majority pepper really is just almost impossible not to keep just blowing through the fries yeah i mean
2: yeah, like you said, the gravy makes it all. Whenever you can offer gravy with a meal, no matter what it is, uh, you're winning. And yeah, they have the big meal deals, so you can just get a shitload of food for free, or not for free, but for <laughs> Yeah, for, <laughs> I'd like everything for free. Just like Paradiso, dinner's free, chips are extra.
0: <laughs> oh, Custer.
2: I mean, but the thing about Big Boy is the line is always so long that they literally just made that their slogan. If there's a line, the wait is worth your time. And I'll be the first to say it's worth
0: every second and the risk of a heart attack. Oh, and I love how our big boy, the line, if it gets longer than like 10 cars, is just fully blocking traffic on one of the busiest roads in town.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're going to have time to do stuff if you're in line. So bring a
0: crossword. I don't know, bring a Harry Potter book or something. Go to graduate school, get your MBA sitting in Big Boy.
2: Yeah, and at the end of it you can celebrate with burning your mouth on a pizza burger flying style. All right, Matt, you had your gold with the big boy. So I guess it's to me with my gold. Uh already been mentioned. My gold is in and out. Uh the nearest one to us is about nine hundred miles away. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not gold medal worthy. Like you said, the In-N-Out burgers are top-notch. They're so good that if you, like, don't normally like all the toppings on a burger, you will with In-N-Out. Like, if you don't like tomato and all that good stuff, you will with In-N-Out. That's how good the burger is. Uh, The most classic is the Double Double. That's just, like, the most famous thing you can get there. Um, They have shakes, which is always a wise pairing with a cheeseburger and fries, Uh, The fries is where there could be some room for improvement. Uh, I will admit I've never tried the animal-style fries that come with some toppings on it. I've heard they're really good that way. I personally haven't tried it, but, I mean, if that's the way to go, get the double-double, get the fries animal-style, get a shake. All around, that's a really good meal. If you're enjoying In-N-Out, you get the great service. They have, like, the classic uniforms of like the American diner uniforms with hats and all that jazz. And it usually means if you're enjoying In-N-Out Burger, it means you're somewhere that has a nice warm climate. Usually there's some probably that are in colder climates. But, yeah, it's scattered in like California, Arizona, and the American Southwest. So In-N-Out Burger with my gold should be interesting, Matt. Let's go through a few honorable mentions. Uh, first one would be Ponchero's and Qdoba. Yeah, I thought of that. Um, the ones we have don't have drive-thrus. I don't know if elsewhere they have drive-thrus. I trust me. I definitely thought of them, but just going with the classic greasy fast food, uh, yeah. couldn't pull the trigger.
0: Uh, Chick-fil-A. I've never had it. Is really? A, yeah. Which is, is a huge hole in my fast food. Uh, Matt's never had yeah, Chick-fil-A. So, I, I've i heard nothing but good things, but I haven't had it, so I can't. Yeah, when I was debating of what chicken to put on the list just to have
2: it, I mean, Chick-fil-A came on the radar. Maybe I should have pulled the trigger. I don't know. I went with my gut. Raising canes went with my gut. Burger King or the BK Lounge, as I like to call it. They have it. one good menu item. Well, Burger King is like the Pepsi to Cola to McDonald's. It's McDonald's and Burger King, Pepsi, and Coca-Cola. Uh, you got you to gotta mention Burger King, the BK Lounge. They have more than the Rodeo Burger, Matt. You ever had a Whopper? It's pretty decent. It's average at best.
0: What do you think of Jimmy John's?
2: Yeah, I have them on my uh, honorable mentions. You got to go with the Jimmy John's. Everybody in college ordered it, but it's just, I don't know. I just don't think the quality is there to have them on my podium I'm torn between, and this is where maybe we both went wrong, Taco Bell
0: slash Taco John's. I've, I had Taco Bell on my original list. It quickly came off after I looked at other options. Well, the thing for me is
2: I like certain aspects of each of them. Like, obviously, Taco Bell, you have Cheesy Gordita Crunch, contrap Supreme, Doritos Locos Tacos. But with Taco John's, I love the tater tots, like oh, the, oh, the side Olay's, get, the Olay's, yeah, like that. They're just so good with the nacho cheese. I wish the two could just kind of like come together. Get a a baja blast Mountain Dew from Taco Bell, and I mean you're pretty set. You're gonna feel like shit the next day, regardless. It, yeah, it's gonna hit you like a bullet through butter. I think Taco Bell and Taco John's. I know competition, you know, breeds breed success, but they should just merge and bring the good parts from each of them. There'll be a taco conglomerate. Wendy's, KFC, Woodhouse,
0: very local to us. Schlotsky's as well. Uh, another one that I thought of was Pretzel Maker oh. or, or Auntie Anne's, but Auntie Anne's was a significant drop-off from Pretzel Maker. Uh, yeah, I think
2: all the quality in that stuff has drastically dropped because it's just like your pretzels i got one recently and i was rather hungover so that didn't help but
0: <laughs> the pretzel was just stale and the cheese was like is is that your go-to uh dipping sauce for hot pretzel is cheese if you go to auntie like ann's pretzel a, maker if
2: i get like a classic pretzel I, I think like a pretzel like kind of like almost like a breadstick with like a marinara like pizza sauce would be good
0: uh two that i really like are the ranch naturally in north dakota and naturally caramel 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 is
2: delicious (laughs) well i think we had some solid lists matt if you want to get your opinion on whose podium was better who sucked what did you like what did we miss you can vote and see who the winner is between matt and i that will be available on our instagram and twitter at nbnh podcast look for the polls Look for the post of the MB or the Olympics results. So go there, vote, and then do it every week after that. Next week, what do we got? The Olympics of MLB cheaters. Olympics of MLB cheaters. Very open for interpretation, so it could be a wild one. Uh, we're, in, we're getting into the height of baseball season, so we'll talk MLB cheaters next week in the Olympics on No Brains, No Headache Podcast. That's our show for this week. Big thank you to Todd McComas for joining us for this special interview on this episode. Big thank you to my co-host, Matt, for being here and partaking in this venture we call podcasting. And a big thank you to you, our listeners. Uh, We enjoy doing it because you enjoy it. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, follow us on social media at NBNH Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can also leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Search No Brains, No Headache Podcasts. Scroll to the bottom. You'll have the options of one to five stars, hopefully five because you like it. Maybe you'll give us four because you're realistic. Hopefully you don't give us one, but it's up to you. You have the freedom to do what you like. Then say a few words about what you do or do not like and why you gave us that one or five star rating. We'd really, really appreciate that. One year in, we want to get a lot better, and we have a lot of exciting things planned ahead, so stay on board. We're going to have a lot of fun, and thank you once again for listening to No Brains, No Headache Podcast.
1: Mr. Madison,
0: what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God
2: have
1: mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... uh...